Hey guys, welcome back to Quarantine, episode 12. My guest today uh, is a fellow neurotic, uh, a comedian. We have a lot in common. We're both cat owners. We talk about all those things. We discuss freaking out about coronavirus, um, trying to keep our spaces uh, healthy, and uh, just our general neuroses. Uh, we have a super interesting conversation. We talk about everything from UCB to stand-up versus improv versus sketch. Uh, my guest today has excelled to the top medium level in all those fields, as well as what it's like to write for TV. Um he uh, opens for Norm MacDonald on the road. He is Jeremy McKiernan. But before I jump into the episode, this is a really exciting episode for me because I've picked up my first sponsor. Yes, you've heard that correct. Yesterday on yesterday's podcast, I talked about how we were blowing up, uh, averaging maybe maybe up to 10 downloads, maybe even 15 downloads per episode. Someone caught wind of this and decided... I need to get in on that action. So I want to give a special thanks to my sponsor for today's episode. She is a comedian, an author, a philanthropist. She uh, a train conductor, a, a, a pilot. Um, she, she's one of the most incredible people I've ever met in my entire life. And let me assure you, she definitely didn't pay me to say all these things about her on today's podcast, uh, a supermodel, but, but also a scientist, uh, a conservationalist and, um, just an all around incredible person. The, the, the funniest comedian I know and have ever seen. Um, you can see her regularly at Bert's Backroom once um, once everything gets back up and going. Uh, but m- right now, who knows? You know, pop into one of the pop into one of the many online um, slotted mic Skype chats or Zoom chats that are happening, and and maybe you'll catch her there. I highly recommend it. Uh, she is the one, the only, the most interesting woman in the world, Hillary Herbert, and uh, you can find out everything about what she's doing, uh, as well as great pics of her, maybe clips of stand up, on her Instagram at Hill Herbert. That's H I L H E R B E R T. I recommend following her. One of one of my favorite follows for sure. But without further ado, let's jump into the actual podcast with today's actual guest, the very funny comedian, Jeremy McKiernan. What up? What's happening? It's interesting to, you know, I don't, we Skype so much when we're playing poker at night that I haven't seen the nice lighting uh, that you get in your apartment during the day. I got some plants. It's a well of Oh, and is that, you have a little balcony too? Yeah. Living the high life over there, McKiernan. Yeah, but uh, my cats go out there, and pretty exciting for them. <clears throat> yeah, they, they like to show up. They're 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 good about not like trying to jump off the balcony to like another balcony or anything. Uh, they I mean they they get pretty close. They they jump on the side, but no, they're not. You know, they know that that, that I they'd be gone forever if they did that. <laughs> Uh, think about that. Like, if they jump off, like, I'm not gonna go fucking look for them in dumpsters and shit and walk outside for hours. Not especially not right now during the coronavirus. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, you have two cats. Yeah. You you, you 
you give a lot more attention to one of your cats on social oh, media. Oh, I got them. Wait. Yeah. They're kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah, you give a lot more attention to the one on my right than you do to the one on my left. We don't really—I don't really see a lot of uh, social media. Yeah, that one. You like that one? Yeah. She's your favorite. Well, he's he's younger and he's just like softer, so I just like him more. I like petting him more. Yeah, he's your second wife cat. Yeah, exactly. Like, like the first cat taught you to love cats, but then you realized there were things that weren't compatible. And then the second cat, this is like... She's getting fat, too, so... The the old one? Yeah. That's what happens. Their metabolism goes. You think think they're going to stay the same your whole life, and then they get bigger, and your your eyes wander. And you find... And this this, this cat got sick, so it kind of made me like it more. But, um... Because it needed you. You, you You got roped in by, like, feeling needed. Yeah, exactly. And he's pretty mean, and he was nice when he was sick. It was like that movie with Daniel Day-Lewis. It's uh, Yeah, yeah, I was just thinking of Phantom Thread. Yeah, so I'm thinking about poisoning him. <laughs> Seriously, like, he's not very nice. Really? He's not very, like, rubby. You know what I mean? But, but he's just chilling there on your... I wonder if male cats are less friendly than female cats. Because my cat was, like, super friendly and super nice and super sweet. Yeah. Very uh, rubby. Could be. Uh, I was on mushrooms once, and I, I like looked deep into both their eyes. And the older cat, like all she was was like a beam of love and light. And then this cat was just like this demonic energy. <laughs> but that one was like a foster cat, too. They both were, yeah. They both were from the streets. Do you feel like maybe the other cats just had more time to adapt to being in the house? Like, was it like, was it, was it a cruel mistress too at at the start? I think age has something to do with it for sure. Mm -hmm. But look at this. He's like, he does this thing where he just hangs out on my, look, he's biting. He hangs out on my shoulder. It's kind of cool. Yeah. There's a lot of biting. Um, so, uh, for the, for the listeners out there of which, of which there are almost, you know, considering all platforms, 15 to 20 listeners an episode now. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, uh, might even pick, might have even picked up a sponsor. I don't know. I got to like look into this. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> it's all you need is 15 people reach out and yeah. you can get sponsored. Um, so be, uh, me and Jeremy, we've been, we've been playing poker pretty much every night. Yeah. So you, you ended up playing in the second game last night. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, I mean, I've been playing like five or six hours a day. Crazy, crazy. What happened in the second game? What happened in the late night game? I don't even remember. It's all just a blur. <laughs> I woke up, I wake up at like 2.30. There's no such thing as time. I, I do keep a tally mark like a prisoner of the days I've been inside, which is kind of exciting. Well, because I do this every day, this kind of keeps track of how long I've been quarantined. Each have whatever episode I'm on, that's 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 one extra day past when I started quarantining. Yeah, I haven't really been doing anything of value. Uh, yeah, a lot of people are saying like they're getting fit and shit. I haven't been doing anything. Yeah, but you're already pretty fit. You didn't need to get fit. Well, I mean, I'm not even like cleaning my bathroom. You're not even cleaning your bathroom. Yeah, like, like I did that. 
I did that for the first time in a long time. Oh, yeah. Necessary. But I was thinking, like, when if this thing ever ends and, like, we become humans again and we're back in the world, like, you know, would 9-11 happened or, like, you know, even back further, like, the Great Depression, like, you had kind of, like, a story. But, like, with this, we're not going to... It's like, what you? What happened with COVID? It's like, uh, it's like, have you heard of Joe Exotic? <laughs> you like found a way. Have... You found a way to tie everything into one joke. <laughs> yeah, all the things. That that was all the things covered. COVID, Joe yeah. Exotic. There's nothing else right now in the world. Well, we didn't. You know what I mean? Like we didn't do it. Like nothing happens. It's weird. It's very weird. It's a very weird like. It's hard to even describe day to day. Like the, even the news doesn't change. You know what I mean? The news is just like, well, more people are going to die. Then the next day, well, more people are going to die. Still. Well, the only thing that changes is more people died. Yeah, more people have died, but that's but that's a predictable change. I'm freaking out a little bit. I I was coughing earlier today, but I like choked on something, and I was like, all right, it's just because you choked. But then I've kept coughing. But I also just ate a bunch of pasta. And like I think I have, uh, I think I have like um, acid reflux, yeah. so like I feel like I'm real clogged up, and that also might be doing it. Mm-hmm. But uh, but you know it's freaking me out. I'm a neurotic. I know you're a neurotic. Yeah, I'm pretty neurotic. But I've I've I don't have any roommates. I've been so away from people. I'm pretty. I feel pretty secure that I don't have it, even though the, whatever the the period of. Um, Non-symptoms is like whatever, 14 days. I still feel like I haven't fucking. Oh, I'm just hitting that mark of like being pretty sequestered. The problem is I can't control my roommates. Yeah. Have you gone on walks or anything? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of masks now, I'm noticing. A lot of masks. Yeah, I have masks. I've got, I just got these, uh, I just got these masks I ordered like two months ago. They just came in the other day. So like, wasn't, hmm? I, I did that too. Like I ordered some stuff, and I was like, "What? March 29th? and now it's here. <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, but I'm I'm a little nervous because I think these masks came from China. But at the same time, being nervous because the mask came from China, you should almost be more nervous if the mask came from here at this point. So, like, why be nervous about them coming from China when it's everywhere? Yeah. You got to be nervous about anything coming to your house from any place. I spray everything with. Uh, Lysol spray. I don't have Lysol spray, but I've got a ton of Lysol wipes. Yeah, just wipe that shit down. You're fine. Yeah. Notice notice that I get hand sanitized immediately after touching. One good thing about me is, like, you know, I'm a worst-case scenario guy in general. I think it's where most of my humor comes from. Uh, So uh, I was, like, prepping for this happening two months ago. Me too, yeah. Hey, did you see? Did you see Trump's speech just now? That's how I was watching before. His speech? He gave a speech just now. Well, yeah, he does like a speech every day. Was I mean, he talking about the ratings? I guess an interview, really. But he's, he's a speech. No, but he did. So he did extend the whatever this is called from April ninth. Remember, remember his whole thing about Easter. Yeah. The Easter is a, it's an important day for many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but then he goes. <laughs> what are the other reasons like egg hunts but anyways then he goes he's extending it to the 30th of april so, it definitely yeah so he keeps pushing it back um 
And then he said, it'll, yeah, he said it'll, he, he's so back and forth, which is so. Well, I very much think it's like, it's like, uh, you know, someone who doesn't want to read a book and they just want to read the spark notes or have someone describe it to them. But it's like, you got to read the book, you know? Do you know what I mean? I it's like, it's mean. like, it's like, it's like there's, he doesn't have the ability to be, he's not patient. He just wants whatever's going to end this to end it already. I think, though, he, but the reason he wants it to end is just he wants the stock market to go up. That's all he cares about. So he's saying, like, at first he was saying what people wanted to hear. Like, he's like don't be negative, you know. Like, well, I think, cool. the, I, think it's, I think it's in large part because the stock market was the only arbitrary thing he had to point to, even though he probably had no control over it. You know, it's like, it's like I feel like it's almost like... Uh, the stock market just happened to be doing well. So he's like, look what I did. Look what I did. And he took all the credit for it. And now yeah. it's doing poorly. Of but course. he doesn't know how to fix it. Well, he kind of, he might. I mean, at least temporarily. Like, those whole fucking stimulus bill thing fixed it. A little bit. It bounced back up like crazy. The, the, the $2 trillion bill. Um, well, yeah, it's like the stock market lost $2 trillion. Well, let's just put $2 trillion back into it. It's very arbitrary. But it worked. I mean, it's insane because it's just fucking debt. None of it makes sense. I'm, I've, I've just been like reading about all this shit, quantitative easing and all this shit. It's just so it's 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 more apparent than ever how rigged the system is against you. There's able to print two trillion dollars. Also, I looked at the the bill. Right. And it said I think it was tw- you know, it said, you know, they're giving money to everything, like all these different, you know, like NPR gets like fucking hundreds of millions of dollars. But then they also gave uh, the House representatives uh, cleaning supplies, twenty five million dollars. What? For cleaning supplies. <laughs> yeah. And then it gave them all a raise of like two hundred fifty million dollars across the board. It's like they, it's, they basically bribed them in the bill. You can just see it. It's pretty funny. Um, it's it's insane. Uh, kind of short the stock market, and I feel like it's kind of like it's kind of like hedging against your life. Yeah. You well, I mean? quite- if, if it goes down, like if we're gonna, you know what I mean? Like your life's gonna get worse anyways. But then you put a bunch of money betting it goes down, then it gets a little better. You know what I'm saying? So if it goes down, a life is worse, but you get more money. So it's that nice hedge. Mm-hmm. Um, how's your Bitcoin doing? I sold all of it. You sold it all. When? Yeah. How long ago did you sell it all? I sold it before it kind of dipped a bunch. It kind of crashed. So it did crash. Yeah, it crashed like fifty percent, and then it kind of came up a bit. Wouldn't but, there be like the thought that maybe Bitcoin would be the thing that does well right now? Yeah, that's what some people think, but I think it's still so speculative and off in the future that, you know, if people need fucking to buy groceries and they just got laid off from fucking, you know, Panda Express or whatever, like they, they, they want money. They want to have that, you know, money for groceries and toilet paper. They don't, not- want, they don't want Beanie Babies. Exactly. They're not, they're, not think- <laughs> they're not thinking of this like weird fucking thing that we don't really use yet that might be worth more in, in a few years. So they're kind of, I mean, that that's why I sold it. I was like, oh, people don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> and, 
thing at Costco, or line up at Costco. Like, why do they care about fucking electronic currency? Like, fuck it. But maybe, and it could go up a bunch in a few months. I don't fucking know. I want to talk. I want to talk poker a little bit. We've been playing yeah. poker. We've been playing poker every night. Um, we should get a bunch of people to ask, ask your listener people to play. We could do like a thirty-person tournament. Yeah, I had I had somebody ask me if they if they could, so I, I can bring them in. Yeah. Uh, you like it better with more? Well, it's kind of yeah. It's I don't know. I like both, but the big ones are fun because you know when you get to the when you get to the end, it means more. Right, there's like 40 people, and you're at the final table. You you know you've been there a while, and you battled it out. You're like, all right, here we go. And then of course the the prize money is worth a lot more at the end. Thus far, I've made money playing poker. I'm up because my oh. my Venmo account is I just leave it at my. It's just my poker. Yeah. So uh, That's good. So, my, so I'm doing. I think I'm at like uh, I, I could tell you. I could tell you what my exact winnings are right now. How have you felt? You know, I, I don't know. You know, the first two days, I had no idea what I was doing. No, I mean, like I. Yeah, you know, I, I can tell you've been studying. I knew, I knew how to, I knew how to play. I'm up 129 bucks right now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that one dollars for. Maybe I spent a couple of bucks on something else. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but, uh, yeah, terrible the first two days. I was like, I was like, either I do something or I have to stop playing poker. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's pretty easy to get good now. I mean, or decent. You can just kind of look it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got a, I got a, I got your number. You got my number? Yeah, I'm not gonna tell you, but and I, I used it against you that last game, and I got you, and I got you. Yeah, but you lost to me that last game in the showdown. I meant no that that was two games ago. No, that was the last game we played against each other in. No, I don't think so. I didn't. I didn't play last night. The last time we were in a game together was the one we went to the showdown. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, because the only game because that was that was my last win, and then I've only played one game since, which was the game later that night, which I lost. To, which I lost to Hank. What? A showdown? Do you mean head, heads up? Heads up. Heads up. Heads up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't then, remember, but. I got, I got your number. Well, well, here's what happens. So I, I won that first game. I won, and then like, and then I lost in like three. The next three heads up uh, rounds, I got to. Yeah. Uh, and I said to myself, "All right, you got to learn how to get better at heads up." So then I started researching playing heads up poker. That's the thing. You may have my number, but do you have my number of the new things I picked up since then? Um, that's that's. It's it's. I'll tell you this. It has nothing to do necessarily with your knowledge mm-hmm. of the game, but it's just, it's, it's a tell I picked up on. Oh, I have a tell, uh, tell. You have a Dave, a tell. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, now I'm gonna have to start acting differently. Now I'm gonna have to review. I've been recording the sessions on my, on my Skype cam. So I'm going to look, I'm going to look for my tell. I am. I thought I picked up on something, but we'll I, I probably do have tells because like I'm really bad at like pretending I'm interested in talking to someone I'm not interested in talking to. And I feel like, I feel like, like if you're a good poker player, you're good at like doing stuff like that. And I'm, I'm no good at it. I like, I very much wear my emotions on my sleeve. So like, like, you know, I need to, I need to 
shutting down. What? It, it's more just practicing, sh- shut, yeah, shutting down than um, pretending to be excited. I feel like with poetry. True, 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 true. I, players are just, sometimes they're just like I usually, if I'm bluffing a lot and it's like an intense hand, like I kind of just, or even if I'm not, you know, I try to do the same thing, but I'll just kind of stare at the cards. Like I don't, like I don't want to like stare at the person and talk to them. Like I just look at the cards and just wait and just kind of count in my head. You know what I mean? Like try to get into some meditative state. Of I just, try to do that. There's one poker player in our league that's just such a shit talk. I mean, I, I'm a shit talker too, but it just it, it really we really exacerbate each other. Oh yeah, I should know. Yeah, but it it feels more fun to have like an adversary. For sure. Yeah. Um. It was rough losing my last hand that I lost. The all-in, we were like almost even in chips. Mendez had a little bit more. He had queens, I had kings, and then he got that river queen. Kills. kills. River queen. Um, How are those cruise ships doing? Probably pretty terrible. Who's going on a cruise right now? Well, weren't there some on their way back? Still? I thought so. It's weird how it's like the whole world has been brought to its knees by this thing. I know. I love how like people were, you know, trusting that Russia was like being honest about not having coronavirus cases. And then like you find out that like Putin's top advisor has coronavirus. And it's like, oh, was Putin's top advisor the only person with coronavirus? Yeah. <laughs> you hear about the German guy? What about the German guy? It's like the one of the some government some big big head German guy is like the financial guy in the government, financial advisor, and he fucking killed himself today a few hours ago. What? Because he was deeply worried about how corona would affect uh the his the, the German economy. So he killed himself? I mean that sends a fucking message. He pulled a Hitler, yeah. <laughs> the front page of cnn i was like wow it's weird uh but yeah he fucking killed himself a few hours ago fucking a which is why good can't, why can't our people do that <laughs> i don't know i mean the big question with ow you fucking can't the big question with these stock market people is like if trump gets corona what will, will the will the stocks crash or will they go up oh, i don't think they'll go up I think that I think I think they go down because it would cause more fear and panic. You think that would cause more fear and panic? I feel like I'd calm down a little bit. <laughs> calm down? Well, these are the stocks, you know. I mean, we—it's just like it's—it's it's so deeply stressful to have such an irresponsible, irresponsible and like erratic person every day saying different shit. It's like, we're going to be open by Easter. All right, we're closed till April 30th. You know what? We got to open up and people got to die for the stock market. No one's going to die for the stock market. I'm canceling the pandemic team. I never canceled the pandemic. It's just every day. It's such a know, it's such I, a huge shift in like in like what he's saying. But it, it, it makes me crazy. It makes I me know, worried. I feel like it, no it incites panic. What? There's no replacement. It's not like bernie becomes the president if no get- i mean honestly you know it's it's a bad replacement but i but i also feel like it's a better replacement i feel like pence is at least consistent in his in, you know it's like it's like i was saying you know it's almost like poker it's almost like poker 
I almost feel like Trump is like Van in just that he's so erratic. He might have a good hand. He might have a bad hand. You never know because he's always bluffing. He's always bullshitting. And it's like it's like frustrating to play versus someone who plays a bit more conservatively, but like is a better player. I might lose to them more, but like at least when I do, like I feel like I lost to somebody who like knows what they're doing as opposed to someone who goes in with like a two and a three when I calls my all in and then flops a straight. <laughs> yeah. It's infuriating. But I'm just thinking about stocks because it's like a lot of most people that buy stocks are probably fucking rich Republicans. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if their boy Trump is fucking sick, then they're they're not going to be doing well. They want us all going back to work and dying for them to keep making money. Pretty much. I saw this guy saying like he would rather he would rather go back to work early and die than than not work for like four it's a cult. Weeks. It's a cult. I keep thinking. I always think about how, like, uh, you know, the, um, you know, how, uh, what was it called? Jonestown, how everyone drank the Kool-Aid. I always think about that because the guy who was like the head of the Jonestown massacre, he drank the Kool-Aid, too. So it's like, you know, we, I feel like people are always like the Republicans are trying to fool us all. I'm like, I just think they're just as dumb as us all, you know? They're just drinking their own Kool-Aid as well. Yeah, maybe that expression maybe doesn't work because, yeah, because it's not like the guy. Yeah, it's not like the guy. What, what's his name? Who? The, the Jonestown? The cult leader, yeah. He was drinking the Kool-Aid too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's drinking Hot the Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid as well. He put fucking arsenic in it or whatever. Yeah, he's out of his mind. But I guess it still makes sense because, like, you're drinking the Kool-Aid from a strange lunatic, you know? Where is the guy's name that started the Jonestown massacre? Oh, whoops. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's um, you know, I it's just like I people are like, Trump's conning all these people. Like, he is, but he's also, you know, one of those dummies, too. Um Although, although, you know, I think it's interesting. I, I think a big person's, you know, a big, a big thing that you can tell about a person is, uh, and I think again, interesting with like poker is like the way they, like what they assume about other people, I think says a lot about themselves. And I feel like Trump's always like projecting his ideologies onto everyone else and i feel like you know that's a real tell whatever he thinks other people are doing to him is something he's doing you ever find that to be true like like uh feel like if you're dating someone who's constantly accusing you of cheating it's because they're gonna cheat they've got a cheater's mind oh for sure yeah how about all these horny women on twitter horny women on twitter like what what do you mean I mean, I look at Twitter and it's all just girls talking about like I jerk or I masturbated four times today, and they're all horny. <laughs> I know it makes me nervous because I'm uh, I'm 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 um, quarantining away from my current girlfriend, and oh, she yeah. has two male roommates. Oh yeah, I know, I know, it's stressful, right? Pit rust. Um. <laughs> uh, that was hilarious. I told I told the I told the person playing uh, poker with us that uh, 
accidentally Skyped having sex with his girlfriend to all of us that it happened. Oh my God. What did they say? How funny was that? It was it was hilarious. He's like, he's like, you didn't turn it off. I was like, it didn't go on for long enough for us to turn it off beforehand before it finished. Um, <laughs> I we just, heard I just, the whole thing. We heard the whole thing. And then afterwards, oh, and then we minutes. heard them. It sounded like they were fighting after. Oh my god. Didn't it? I don't remember. But uh, for <laughs> the listeners out there, we're playing for the sex. What? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but 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 for our listeners out there, um, we were playing poker and a friend of ours joined us. He lost first or second. And then he's like, all right, guys, I'll see you later. Thought he closed his Skype chat. Then we're playing poker. The camera off, but the audio is still on. Suddenly it sounds like someone's watching porn. And we're like, who the fuck is yeah. watching porn during, uh, during the game? And then we realize it's not someone watching porn, but that our friend has left his Skype camera on and we just heard the whole thing. Yeah. How did it, did we eventually kick him off the chat? Like what, what ended him being on the chat? We left it on forever. We left it on forever. I pretty, yeah, I think so. Then we heard them like, you know, record a dumb Instagram sketch or something. (laughs) Oh my god! Um, That other people have sex, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Well, you know, the funny thing is, we're all making fun. All of us dudes alone in our place playing poker, like, what a loser having sex with his girlfriend right now. Yeah, (laughs) isn't this hilarious? It really, really, it was a big, it was a big cuck move on all of us. He really cucked. He really cucked the entire, uh, the entire group of us with that move. It's like, oh, yeah, you beat me in poker. I beat you in life. <laughs> I guess. I'm kind of used I'm, I was pretty worried about the quarantine thing, but I think I'm pretty used to it now. I think I could do this for a year. Someone was pointing out, it's like, huh? it's like we have Amazon Prime, Netflix, the Internet. You know, Anne Frank did this for two and a half years in like a 450-square-foot attic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with nothing, with nothing but a journal. Ugh. Could you imagine? No. Could you imagine the level we're all freaking out with the internet? But I had a really scary moment. Um, my first day of the quarantine, like, you know, what I call the Tom Hanks moment when uh, this all became real. Yeah. I was uh, I was home. It was like day two. And the power in my neighborhood goes out. And my first thought was, we're under attack. I was like, this has all been like a, a big attack plan by someone. It's my first. Uh, so scary. Like, the power going out was so scary because it, it put this whole thing into an even newer reality of possibilities. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be pretty awful. I mean, I don't know. Why do people hoard water in case the water goes off? I guess so. I have a little bit of water. I have, I have like I have like six gallons of water, so it's not really that much. Yeah, especially at the rate I drink it. What? Yeah, I would just use it all to shower immediately. Really? <laughs> um, do you miss comedy? Yeah, I do. You do? I do. Have you been writing jokes? No. No, you've written no jokes. I guess you really kind write. of did your one. Fuck you! You're a joke writer. You 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 write jokes. I don't, I don't, 
I don't write. I don't have a pen and paper and like. Ah 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 ah. Yeah yeah. Jokes like if I say something funny in conversation, I'll write that down and try to remember it. Or yeah, because I I don't do like one liners, so I don't like need to write like a fucking. You know what I mean? Like a joke joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I get what you mean. I, I'm the same way. I don't, I don't like sit down with a pen and paper writing jokes. Um, I usually actually, part of the reason I do this podcast is I get like one joke out of it. In yeah, exactly. And then you just write that down. You can try exactly. it Exactly. Can't yeah, even try it out. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I only get to try stuff out uh, with the people on my podcast. Yeah. Um, you were a sketch writer. How did my do you think going to go out of business first? Mics for less. Yeah. Probably. I wonder what's gonna happen with all of them. Like, is here's here's what I'm thinking. Like, if you're if you're a landlord and you've got businesses shutting down in your place, like making them, you know, making them shut down because they can't afford to pay rent. Who are you gonna fill it with right now? Number one, and number two, you're just gonna fill it with no one. Wait till this is over, and then continue to have no one in that spot. And then what are you gonna be able to charge the same rent you were charging the person before, or are you gonna have to come drastically down because? Uh, because of just the mass chaos of everything. It feels like ill-advised to let the businesses that aren't able to currently run shut down, right? Um, yeah. And then they're probably thinking, am I going to be able to get another renter in here? Exactly, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, what, which one do you think would shut down first? Yeah, probably that one. I don't know. Because the Hollywood comedy, that's got a bankroll behind it. Oh, yeah. I mean, they started this whole fucking thing. The Hollywood comedy? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> um, well, wasn't it? Uh, I, I remember. Do you remember when it was like. When people. If you were like. If you were like Chinese or Asian and you. This is like a month ago. And like it was really funny to go up and like cough in the mic and stuff. This is this is before you know it's even in America. So, well, that, that might have been. Go ahead. That might have been my other advantage. You know, people were making fun of me because, like, the day like like the first case happened in America, I was hosting a Burt's and I was like, "I'm not touching the microphone. I'm not shaking anyone's hand." Yeah. Uh, and everyone was like, "You're freaking out, Josh." And I was like, "No, I'm telling you." And I, I felt like I was maybe over over worrying about it, but I was like, "Better to be over worried about it." That's why Jews, that's why we survive, because we're warriors. Yeah, parasites. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, they, it is weird that, every, like, so, so many people's natural response is just to go the other way. And like, what do you mean? It's no big deal at all. Who cares? And they lick toilet seats. Like, it's, natural, to natural selection, baby. Um, frustrating for me because I just got set of the night the Tuesday before everything shut down at the improv. Oh, so my yeah. career was my career was on a moment away from blowing up, you know, uh, <laughs> that was that was going to be that was that was the moment. And I got I got I got derailed. Al, uh, Al Lubell, the guy that I did my doc on for listeners don't know who I'm talking about when I say Al has a joke that he never tells that he told me, which I'll share here. Yeah. He goes, uh, he goes. You know, Jews were very neurotic people. We're very germaphobic. It's like it's, we're very clean, like 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 we, you know, we don't like germs and stuff. So I was like thinking about it. It's like the Holocaust must have been a nightmare. <laughs> Wait, I don't get it. Why? 
because all... he's like all the germs and stuff is but just... but obviously yeah because they're all packed together well what do you think the ovens and the showers are for <laughs> oh, oh, damn! You made it. Took, you took. Good you morning, girls. We're gonna get you. <laughs> no, you're worried. <laughs> I watched. Uh, I watched. I watched one episode of that show, Hunters. I was like, maybe I'll watch the show, Hunters, during the quarantine. Quarantine. Is that about Nazis hunting? No, it's about like people hunting Nazis, but like Nazis having like a sleeper cell that's like ready to come out of the dark and i was like this show is too this Wait, is too much for me modern day yeah uh well it took place in, like the 70s oh weird and yeah, al pacino was like a jewish nazi hunter trying to hunt down these nazis who were planning a comeback but there's this one scene that i was like this is this show's too disturbing for me can't deal with this don't don't approve of which this jewish woman that was a holocaust survivor takes a shower but then her shower she gets locked in the shower and gas is coming out of it Oh, no. um, and I'm like, well, what are you doing? What What is this fucking torture porn show? I, I can't, I can't. I've talked about hunters on multiple episodes of this show, shitting on it. <laughs> it's one yeah. of my, it's one, it's one of my targets. Um, hunters. Targets on the, on the, on the cast. Uh, um, so between stand up, sketch, and improv. Yeah. How would you rank them? Because you've done all three. You've done all three. At the at the highest medium level, so <laughs> well, probably improv higher than anything else. But the highest level of improv is you're paying fucking five bucks a week to get coached, and then you perform for free in front of a hundred students. Do you like improv more than stand up? Improv's your favorite. No. Oh, oh, that's your least favorite. Um. I have a weird relationship with, I mean, it's, it's, I think improv is my least favorite, but I've done it the longest. I don't do it anymore. Like I, I quit. I mean, yeah, I didn't done improv in more than a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I, I, it's, 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 you know, talking about cult. It's, it's very cultish. I find. Definitely. 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 I had this thing like, me and my ex-girlfriend laugh about this because we, we were in this group on UCB, right? This improv group. And we made, this was like three years ago, maybe four years ago. And it was on the main theater, right? It was kind of a big deal in the, in the UCB world. And this thing kept happening in our shows and practices where people kept kissing each other in the scenes, right? Like we would do like what's called a group game and they would like kiss each other, right? And like... My ex was like, or, you know, we were together at the time. And she was like, she's like, can we stop? Like, she brought up to the group. She's like, can we stop kissing each other? And I backed her up. I was like, yeah, this is. I don't like, like, I don't want to kiss all you people. <laughs> and then they made a, they made a big stink that like we were, we were wrong and rude to, uh, to even mention that, to even give that note. They called it. They called it a note. We're like, we don't want to fucking get raped, or we get not ra- get raped, but we don't want to. <laughs> get we don't want to get like kissed by it. It's like gross and unwanted. And they're like, oh, well, this changes the the dichotomy of the team now forever, and all this. Shit. We're like, oh, and then the Weinstein shit came out. We're like, yeah, I think we we're right, you assholes. <laughs> weirdo. Well, shit. was that was that was that post the uh, the UCB rape scandal in New York? That was before it. 
It was before the UCB rape scandal in New York because Weinstein was after the UCB rape scandal in New York. That was 2015. Weinstein happened post 2016. It might have been in between them, but it was it was just like we were just so incredulous. And we're like, this is a fucking weird cult. Like, we don't want to be kissed. <laughs> we don't want to be unwantedly kissed every scene. I've and always it was, like it happened once. It just kept happening. It was just, uh. I've always been personally turned off by just like the nature of the fact that like UCB charges to go to the shows. They charge so much for all the classes and they don't even pay the door guy. They just give him free classes. I, when I went to NYU, if you worked at NYU, you both got a salary. And if you could get into the school, we're able to go tuition free. And that's like, but like you couldn't pay the door guys twelve dollars yeah. an hour to like collect hundreds of dollars. Well, Crazy. There's, there's one manager that gets paid, and then mm. everyone else is an intern. So there's like three door guys that are interns, and then one manager who gets paid like minimum wage. Like, what is it even? What like like I feel like the value of an internship is that it's supposed to be like teaching you things. You know what? What are you learning from well, interning? You learn, how you, vac- you learn how to vacuum. Oh, uh, they make you vacuum if you're an intern. The interns vacuum. Yeah, you wear kind of the Ghostbusters backpack and vacuum, and they do yes. everything. You clean the bathrooms before. One you time, clean work. the bathrooms. You're doing custodial work as an unpaid intern. Yeah, and there's some legal thing where they're not even allowed to call them interns anymore, probably because they got in trouble. So now they call them work studies. Work studies. Yeah. Bert's even pays its hosts. <laughs> One time someone shit in the urinal and uh, I almost had to clean it up, but my boss cleaned it up instead. Were you, wait, you were doing work study? I was interning. Yeah. 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 I did it. In oh two, my. I, I did it in 2011. Yeah. For like six months. Oh, damn. No, I, I, I liked it. Like I got to see so many shows. Like I got to see so many cool stand up and improv shows and sketch shows. And, uh, for, and you know, that's the other thing. You just get to watch for free, which is kind of cool. All right. Yeah, I guess it's... I was, it's, I was new in my early 20s in LA as well. Uh, and it works out to like 10 bucks an hour, so you're getting paid nothing, really. For the but show. it's oh, like funny. It's like if I... It's like if I had a show at the Improv Lab or the belly room of the comedy store, there's like... A door split. It's not like a 50-50, but there, there is like an equation to where you can make money for filling up the room for your show. Yeah. But there's nothing for doing a show at UCB. No. no nothing for packing out a show there. Well, I did. I was on the imp- I was on both the improv and the sketch teams. You had to, and on the sketch team, you had to pay a director. You were yeah. like required to pay a director and yeah. buy all your own props and stuff. Yep. Wild. Wild you, stuff. You get nothing. You get nothing. They sell out. There's like 120 people there every show. Cultish. It's definitely very cultish. It is cultish, but they're not making any money, so they laid off everyone. Like, as soon as someone like sneezed funny in LA, they're like, let everyone laid off because they weren't doing. <laughs> they weren't doing well at all. That's well. Were they not doing crazy. well because they weren't making money, or they weren't doing well because they were getting sued? But uh, I mean, both. Yeah, they're getting sued, which made them lose a lot of money. Because like I look at it like they own like four of the hottest properties in like the two most expensive real estate markets in the in the country. 
Yeah. They're packing, they're selling out the shows and they're like, they're the number one school for the thing that they're doing too. So how could they not be making money? I don't know if they're number one. I know they're more like hip, but I think Groundlings probably does better than them. Really? In terms of their school and in their theater too, because their tickets are more in... um, I used to go to a lot of Groundlings shows because... I had a friend that was a groundling and he was kind of my writing, you know, helper, mentor. So mm-hmm. I went to a lot and like those shows always sell out and they're like 20 bucks. And their school, I did a few of their classes at their school and it's, I think they probably make as much or more. And they don't have that huge theater. They have, so that yeah, was just, they're like, they're a little small theater and then they're a little training center across the street. Yeah. And the training center is kind of big. I mean, it's like maybe it has five or six classrooms. You know, it's a lot. Interesting, interesting. Uh, would you rather be successful as a stand-up or like writing for TV or something? Oh, stand-up. Stand-up. Stand I can't say. I, you know, I, I worked as writer's assistant and writing PA, and it just was miserable. And even the even the other writers that were, you know. But do you think that do you think the, the other off. writers were miserable too? Yeah, they were the most miserable people I've ever met. Uh, what do you think makes them so miserable? What's uh, what makes them so miserable in the writing room? It's just long mi- hours. It's just a miserable environment. Being Is crammed it? in a room with fifteen people that you don't necessarily like for twelve hours a day. Oof! Fucking awful for five days a week. I mean, it's 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 mind-numbingly boring. You know, even these comedy shows just like it's just these like boring lot. At least the ones I the few I was on. I mean, it's just these boring logic problems of like. Okay, does Diane walk in with a laundry basket or a fucking plate of nachos? You know, oh, <laughs> nachos last week. Okay, and then it's just figuring out. Okay, so why does she need to go to the school? And it's it's just so boring. Just, is everyone everyone just shouting out ideas? That's is there like an order to it. The other thing, you just bomb all the time. Everyone just. Uh, what was so disturbing was to see people bomb for six months straight in a Oof. for twelve hours a day, Oof. just. Just bombing, oh, it was it was it was heartbreaking. It was like, <laughs> how do you do that? I I would quit. I think I don't care if I was getting paid five thousand a week. I would think I'd quit. I'm like I can't stand the bombing. <laughs> and then you know you fucking work hard on these scripts, right? And then because because you know it's a big deal to write a script, right? It's like mm-hmm. all right, you know, Liz got her episode. You know, so Liz go off for five days, and you know. You, you got you got the prompt and you get to write it all up, right? And they spend all this time and they make it great. They put all these great jokes in they like, and then they just the you know the showrunners completely change it and like nothing and completely like go over everything you do. And you could even see it in final draft. You could even see how much has changed with the little asterisks and it's all changed. And you're just like, oh what what do you what do you even want me for? So it's so <laughs> they're so they just, frustrated. The showrunners just rewrite the whole episode. Yes. And this is for like, like mediocre, mediocre, like network sitcoms. Yeah. That anyone could write. It's a, I mean, it's like, it is a skill to do it, like to do, to figure out the story and all that. But it's, it's not a skill. I, it's not fulfilling. It's not fun. It's not, a, I didn't go into comedy to do fucking boring logic puzzles all day well it's funny it's funny to me because i think about i i always point back to like this one experience i had where um where this woman asked me this female comic asked me 
to open for her in Apple Valley. She was yeah. like, uh, she is like, like a comic from out in LA. And like, I see her at mics and she bombs pretty regularly at the mics. She, I think she's funny, but she just, you know, she doesn't do great in LA. She's like very like, you know, very like surface level jokes, very like just exaggerated sounds and stuff. And uh, it's stuff that doesn't play well in Los Angeles. And she asked me to open for her because they wanted her to do an hour. She's like, I don't have an hour. I've only got 30. You do 30 and then I'll do 30. And then me being me, I got all cocky about it. I was like, all right, you know, if you really want me to do it. Uh, I was like very nice. I was like excited. But in my head, I'm like, oh, man, I feel bad that I'm going to go out there and probably have a good 30. And then she's going to have to follow me and bomb. And then I get out there and I go up and I do okay. And then she gets up and just fucking murders. <laughs> and I remembered like like in the middle of my act, I have this one joke where I go, I have a female roommate. And a lot of people ask me like, you know, are you fucking her? Are you having sex with your female roommate? And it's like, no, I'm not having sex with my female roommate. Having sex with your roommate is a bad idea. I did it once and things got real weird between me and him. And then I usually go, I ask my shrink if that makes me gay. And my shrink goes, no, Josh, that joke just makes you a hacky comedian. I think you should drop it from your set. But the first part of the joke got a bigger laugh than any other joke I had told the whole set. And I like, I didn't even do the second part. My hacky joke did way better. And I was like, man, you know, to play for these people, I really got to do like hacky material. Yeah. They want <laughs> hack stuff. But like, I don't even really know how to write hack stuff. That one just happened by accident. The bigger right. joke was like what excited me, um, well, but I guess there. What hacky means, bro? Yeah, I'm just saying there is interestingly a skill in writing hack material, and I wouldn't even describe her as hacky, but she was, you know, very much like, uh, just like I'm on all the date naps, and and. <laughs> it sounds pretty hacky, but I, <laughs> I mean, I've bombed so many times at like shows like San Luis Obispo and kind of that sort of environment. Where they don't really know, but it's it's almost like they don't even know what you're talking about. Like if they're old, if they're like over sixty five, they don't know what the word hack means. They don't know anything, or they know different things. Uh, but yeah, whatever. That's so unavoidable. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's just gonna happen. Definitely, uh, definitely. But it was more just like the experience of like there is a certain skill set in writing, like bad jokes that people like bad jokes with mass appeal yeah there's a skill set of being bad at a lot of things yeah <laughs> being, but like, being run on the middle down the middle yeah but like you know there's a certain part of you that has to i feel almost feel like there's a certain part of you that has to think something's funny in order to write it you know what i mean it's like hard for me to write jokes i don't think are funny if that makes sense mm-hmm I'm not saying like my I, my jokes are all good, but like if I'm going for something, I'm going for something that like appeals to my sense of humor. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to appeal to a different sense of humor than I have. I think that's what actually those writers are good at. They're good at writing these sitcoms for fucking for fucking old people that don't care. <laughs> they don't exactly. care. They don't care about comedy. They just want to. They just want something on. They just want something. TV to pop that everyone gets like a pop, like a fucking, you know, you, da, 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 da. it's just like, that's all they want. 
is the inflection of their voice to change. <laughs> mm-hmm. My uh, favorite part of that movie, this is the end. And, uh, Jason Siegel's talking about like losing interest in being on how I met your mother to uh, uh, losing interest and <laughs> um, being on how I met her. He's telling like Kevin Hart. And he's like, it's like, oh, it's just the same thing every day. It's like, who ate the cake? And then I walk in and I've got cake on my lip. And then Kevin Hart's like, because you ate the cake. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was what was so weird about that job is it was very smart people. Like, these guys were super smart. One guy was working on like his PhD in psychology at the same time as, you know, being a co-EP on the number one fucking sitcom. So these guys were super smart just writing this dog shit. So weird. But yeah, I don't want to do that again. Like that, I remember the first my first day when I was is Roseanne, by the way. The first day on the Roseanne reunion. <laughs> and uh first day I just I was so like excited and stuff and I was, you know, back to doing the interning shit, basically cleaning the toilets, but not really cleaning the toilets, but cleaning the kitchen. And just was one old writer came in who had been writing for like thirty years. And it was like three hours into the day, right? Day one. And he walks in and he goes, oh, this is so boring. And he's just like already defeated by hours. <laughs> and I was just so shocked. I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, oh, they say it's a dream job, but it's pretty boring. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> so then that kind of just carried over the whole goddamn experience. Would you want to be a showrunner? No. That's the worst one of it, of all of them. Too much responsibility. Yeah, a lot of stress. I'm on your not shoulder. good with stress. It's too stressful. Speaking like, of not being good with stress, last thing I want to talk to you about. Sure. You're telling me you've been having tremors. Oh is yeah. Is that real or is that a bit? No, that was real. That was real. I, I, it, they were self-induced tremors. I looked up. You know, I get bad anxiety, so I just look up weird ways to help it. And this one way was to do this type of yoga that induced tremors and i think i went overboard i was doing it every night i think you're not supposed to do it every night so it like unleashed some nerve in my spine and then i was just tremoring for like about maybe a week straight um whenever my body would relax i would just start convulsing but it's kind of slowed down um and is that uh, good What's that? Is it good that it slowed down? I think so because it's starting to scare me. <laughs> but what was so it was so weird, and it won't even make sense to describe it because it, it's just it's like kind of like a mushroom trip. It felt like, like I could I could relax my body and I could think of something, right? Like I could think of walking and and like walking five feet to my fridge and opening it, right? And I could just think about that in my head. And then eventually my body would do it, but not in a normal way. It would do it in like this zombie, like tremor way. And I would like open shit. And like, I would do what my brain wanted to do like 30 seconds ago, but through like muscle spasms. It was so bizarre. Weird. It was, it was the most bizarre thing. Um, and then sometimes I'd lay down and just let them happen. I would just start crying for no reason. All these weird memories would flash around. I think there's something. It's it's something real. Like it's something. <laughs> some mind body connection was. You're having you're having a real shining experience in uh, in your Hollywood studio apartment. Is it a studio or is it a one bedroom? It's a one bedroom. I really got to move. I fucking before this, I was like, I got to move out. This is too expensive. And hey. now I'm just stuck open, here. Open room. Open room here. 
open room there. Maybe if I could get out of this lease. I don't know. I had another friend that was trying to move down here, but now he might not. But well, now I don't want to move in with anyone because I'm fr- I don't want to get COVID. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone here has been pretty quarantined. I don't know, man. <laughs> well, consider it, because because uh, I de- I definitely I definitely need someone to fill that room, and uh, I don't want to fill it with any of the weirdos that have been messaging me online. Um, yeah. But you got uh, Russo. <laughs> I should have him on the podcast. Uh, and uh, on that note, uh, anything you want to promote before I let you go? <laughs> I, I have nothing. Come to our yeah. poker game. Out. Come to a poker game with me and Jeremy. Let us take your money. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. If you have any questions, want me to talk about anything, email me at quarantinepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for doing the show, Jeremy. And I'll see you probably at poker tonight. See you in an hour. Peace. (laughs) Uh